Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, I'm back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, talking money and investing. So, you know, going through some of these basics, you know, budgets are, I, I spend a little bit of time on that. And if you missed it, you're just tuning into this, you can go back on the website, paulwinkler.com, go to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of this type of material on there, you know, just helping you to thinking. And I like taking some of this stuff, some of the basics and going back and looking at how we operate as humans and recognizing that we have a tendency to try to compete with each other. And you know, the funny thing is about people is that if you are always looking good compared to everybody else, you become fake. Nobody actually, nobody trusts the person that's perfect. It's like the story of Superman, right? You know, Superman in the early days before he became really popular, he was bulletproof. He could beat up everybody. He could fly. He could outrun trains. He could jump over buildings and, you know, bullets. He could take bullets. Nobody, nothing could get to him. And you know what happened is everybody got bored. It was like, ugh, boring. You know, this is not real. So you had to have kryptonite. You had to have Lex Luthor. You had to have some kind of a, something that could get to him and take him down. So you had to have some kind of weakness. And that's the reality of people. You know, we like it when somebody is real and genuine. But so, so often it's hard for people to be genuine because they don't feel, you know, tremendously great about themselves for whatever reason. And so often what we do is we just want to live up to a standard and we want to be thought of as good people. Uh, you know, it's, and it, let's say if you, let's just hit this, your, you know, Christian standpoint, you, I got to somehow earn your, your, you know, salvation or something like that. It's what it's as much as we know, it's not what we're supposed to do we do it right you know and we're trying to impress a lot of other people that we don't like with money that we don't have right you know so what happens is that we're trying to live up to the standard and living up to a standard costs money and that's one of the problems that we run into next thing that we run into is this when we've gotten this you know nipped in the bud so to speak and we've gotten this figured out then it comes to investing and we start to look at you know, where do we invest in our 401ks? You know, I saw this statistic. I was teaching a workshop on this and I saw a statistic. It's like two thirds of people are putting all their money in, in target day funds. And you may be a listener to this show and go, oh, Paul, talking about target day funds again. I have to. Two thirds of the people are investing in this. And, you know, it, the, the thing that you've heard me talk about over and over again, the level of diversification. And I walked through this in great detail in this workshop on indexing. And it is eye-opening when you look at how these portfolios are put together, the index funds, how they're put together, the hidden expenses in the index funds. People would have no clue. I'm like, tell your friends. We should have millions and millions and millions. Of, you know, I see these, these things on, <laughs> I'm going to rant here. <laughs> you know, I, said these th I see these things on YouTube. The only three mutual funds you'll ever need, or you know, something like that. Only two or three mutual funds. It's young, this young kid telling you there are only three mutual funds, and they're typically like total market funds. And if you really knew, if this kid really knew how poorly diversified those portfolios were, 
you know, he wouldn't be putting videos out. And certainly he wouldn't have millions and millions of views on those videos. I mean, people are eating this junk up. And they don't know what's going on. But it's really simple. Oh, only three things I got to know. I can do that. And then they jump in and they watch the video and go, oh, yeah, that sounds really great. Okay, my, I can solve that part of my life and then move on. Well, it's not quite that simple. And, you know, the, the reason I teach about this is because if you understand why things work the way they work, then all of a sudden you're a lot more confident in your investing strategy. But back you know, 20, 25 years ago, the whole thing out there was this idea of stock picking, you know, trying to figure out which companies, you know, I really like this company. They're coming up with a product. I like the product that they've got, and I'm really a big fan of it, and I'm going to buy their stock. Well, when I buy their stock, I'm assuming that it's going to take off in value. Well, why would it take off a lot? Why would it go up a lot? Well, number one is that company's just dying to pay you a lot of money to use your money. Nah, probably not. <laughs> the other reason is it must be mispriced. It's such a great product and not everybody knows about it, but I know about it and I'm going to buy it at the price that it is now. And then when it takes off, I'm going to be the benefactor of that. In other words, it's mispriced. It's selling for less than what it's really worth. Now, when I buy that company, I am buying it from somebody that owns it right now. Do you think the person that owns that stock right now knows something about the company? Yeah. Do you know more than they do? Probably not. Maybe, maybe not. But in the sum total, most trading is done by big institutional traders and they study the companies pretty doggone well. So you're buying that from somebody that knows an awful lot about the company. So your likelihood of getting something that's totally mispriced isn't great. So buying individual companies, you know, that got knocked out of the water, you know, when uh, John Stossel used to throw darts at the stock tables. And he would beat the professionals on a routine basis. He'd be throwing darts and he'd be talking to Burton Malkiel, the Princeton professor. And he'd say, why am I beating the professionals? And routinely beating the professionals. And not by just a little bit, by a lot. And he goes, well, you know, Burton Malkiel goes, they, they like to believe what they're engaging in is, you know, that, that it's really helpful. But, you know, the evidence is that it's not. You know, that's a paraphrase of what he said. And he says, you know, so... What happens is they try to engage in trying to pick which companies are going to be better than others. But in yeah, some total, you know, one stock, one, one fund manager is buying a stock from another fund manager that's selling it. <laughs> and it's just like one is going to be wrong is the way I like to put it. So that, you know, that was my eye opening that, OK, engaging in that doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. And then. And then it was like, well, you know, what we can do is tactical asset allocation. You know, there are areas of the market that are going to benefit more from what's going on economically. And we can shift money between like large companies versus small companies and large companies versus uh, large value or large U.S. versus small U.S. Or, you know, we can shift money between different areas of the market based on what's happening. Well, that's really an extension of the first thing. As you think about it, now we're saying not just an individual stock is mispriced, but the entire market is mispriced. That it's the whole thing is selling for a different price than what it's really worth. And it's really the height of ego to think that you know better than the rest of the market what something is really, really worth. You know, so the idea when I, when I look at these companies and I'm trying to move and I'm trying to sell out, 
you know, that is really thinking that there's a mispricing, but it, it gets even worse than that because not even that analytical, usually, if you look at actual trading data and you look at what people are really doing, it's usually not that they're going, you know what, based on what, you know, the president's doing right now, this, this size company is probably going to do better than this size company or this type of value company is going to do better than this type of growth company. It's not even that. It's usually, you know, George, you see that that, um, that large U.S. stock, that's, that thing is really killing it. You know, those large U.S. growth companies are really, really doing well right now. I think you ought to be investing in some of those. <laughs> it's usually that. You know, it's like, what did well yesterday? Let's invest more money in that. And then you go and you stick all your money in, in that area of the market. And then all of a sudden it drops, you know, well, like in 2000, 40%. And then tech stocks dropped 80%. And then it's like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best idea. And then you move to the next thing you think is going to do well. You know, well, let's maybe let's invest in real estate. And that's what happened, literally. I mean, when growth stocks did really, really poorly, you know, people weren't looking at international small value, which you know, ended up doing the best in that next decade. They weren't looking at that. They were looking at real estate or anything, you know, something that they were familiar with. And that's the other thing we tend to do as investors. We tend to look around as, what am I familiar with? And that's what it makes it so hard to stay disciplined because I'm constantly looking at market segments or companies to invest in, and they are choosing me, as one of my friends likes to put it, I'm not choosing them. You know, you ask somebody to name a fund company, for example, and you'll name a fund company, and guess what? It'll be a fund company that probably does a ton of advertising. Did you choose them? No, they, you know, no, no, they, they chose you. They did a lot of marketing to you so that they were top of mind for you when it came to naming a fund company or naming a benchmark. And so, so what, you know, tell me what the market did today. And somebody's going to say the Dow. Well, Dow did this. Dow, the S&P did that. Well, what did the Nikkei do? I don't know a clue. I've never seen any data on the Nikkei. Well, what did the Europe, Australia, Far East small cap uh, value index do? I don't know. You know, what, so what happens is what the FTSC, you know, what, what, you know, what did that, uh, you know, the international market do in that particular asset class? Well, I don't know. I don't even know that there was an FTSC. You know, so what happens is you're choosing, you know, you're, you're thinking you're choosing, but you're not. It's choosing you because of marketing. You know, so you think about it, it's, it's kind of like music in this, in, in, um, you know, you think, what was it? The Hitman, it was a really good book. It was about the music industry. Those of you who are into music know what I'm talking about. It's where, you know, you know why songs became hit songs? Because the DJs were paid to play them. <laughs> you know, there were certain songs that, you know, you probably missed a ton of really good material in the 1970s and didn't know it. Because what happened is there were certain songs that were pushed upon you and you didn't hear the alternatives. You know, so hence you have the, all these great memories of certain things. It's the same thing. I mean, it's just familiar, familiarity bias is a cognitive bias. And we don't recognize that it's happening to us. So when we invest, I go say now we look at large companies and small companies. And, and when we look at indexing of a portfolio, that is something we often do to say, okay, let's not stock pick and let's not market time, let's index. But what's happening more and more with index funds is we're seeing that the indexes are being traded actively in portfolios. So that's why I tell people, pull out a statement, look at an investment statement of yours from three, four years ago, 
and look at it today and look at how it differs. If you see big differences in it and in the asset category holdings, then you can pretty much know that there might be some tactical asset allocation going on, unless it's slight. You know, you might have slight changes based on you're getting a little bit older, so you're going to back off on stocks and you're going to increase bond holdings. But look at that. You'll find that that funds get moved around, they get changed, they get you know they get dropped. Uh, commodities funds get put into portfolios. Uh, you'll you'll see that, and I say no, we don't want to invest in commodities. Real estate investment trusts, uh, they get put into portfolios, and I say no, I don't want any real estate investment trusts in my portfolio. Uh, so you know, look at those types of things. Uh, look at how things are being moved around, because a lot of times what people do is they give discretion over to the investment manager. In other words, they say, here, handle this for me. You have, the, you have my permission to do all the trades that you think are necessary. And that's where they're blindly trusting the advisor. They don't know what the advisor's doing. They don't have a clue. They haven't ever read the ADV. Matter of fact, I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, they haven't read those disclosures and they don't know what the fund company can do. So let me, I'm gonna give you a couple, I'm gonna take a quick break and I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna give you a couple things that I think ought to be looked at as an investor to make sure that things are going okay in the portfolio and a couple basics be right back thanks for tuning in to the investor coaching podcast now you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing wow investing there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area but you don't want just anybody to help you out so we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. I'm back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler. So, you know, I've been talking a lot about some of the, the basics. Uh, if you hadn't heard the first part of this hour, you're somebody that's kind of struggling with budgets, trying to kind of struggle and make sure that you're keeping yourself within means, uh, you know, you're, you're within your means and not overspending and, and just a little bit of help and thinking about those types of things. Make sure you pick up the podcast, paulwinkler.com. Uh, and then, you know, just talk a little bit about investing. Once you start investing, where are some of the mistakes? Active versus a more of a passive approach. And when I say passive, I don't mean just totally passive. There is some management of the portfolio, making sure re-optimizing of the portfolio, making sure the asset classes, the funds stay true to the asset class. And I did a whole workshop on that that you can check out uh, if you go under podcast on the, or the, the webinars, excuse me, on my website, paulwinkler.com. Uh, you can see a whole workshop that gets in the real details of that. But in general, when you're, a portfolio is managed, there's this really, really far extreme position that you stock pick, you market time, you try to figure out where things are going, you, you move money around based on that. And then you have this other side that says, just put it all in index fund. 
And then what ends up happening is the portfolio ends up being really super, super overweighted in large companies. Um, and then you have tracking you know, issues that you end up with. And there are a lot of problems that you can run into with that and a lot of hidden expenses that people aren't even aware of. So that's that's a, something, something that I often tell people, make sure you're, you're conscious of this. You know, don't ignore this kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's like everything else in life. The truth's somewhere in the middle. There is some management. But you don't engage in trying to figure out which stocks are going to do better than others. Like, let's, let's say if I've got two companies that are small value companies. Small companies, you know, maybe they're billion dollars in size, and then their price is low compared to their book value. And so we would say it's, it's value. Uh, historically, about 95 or 96% of the time, value companies outperform growth companies over 20-year periods. Small companies outperform large. Uh, you know, so what we do is, you know, about 85% of the time, we want to own both of these things. Well, what do we look for? Look at for turnover ratios. Look at their perspectives. Look if they talk about that they're going to engage and try to figure out which areas they're going to do better than others. You see that type of language. You see tactical asset allocation. Uh, you look at in the in ADV, you can see whether somebody actually believes that they can do the stock banking market timing based on how the wording is, the verbiage. Read it. It's a disclosure that's meant for you to be able to understand. Don't ignore it. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.